Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Wachab, founder and co-CEO of My Buddy Green, and your host. Dr. Medea Saeed is a board-certified integrative holistic family physician practicing in Illinois, and she's the best-selling author of The Holistic Rx, Your Guide to Healing Chronic Inflammation and Disease. Now, I love this book because it's like a functional medicine version of the Louise Hay classic, You Can Heal Your Life, filled with tons of natural anecdotes and solutions to common ailments. It's great to have her on the show today. Medea, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. What an honor. Well, we're so excited to have you. And like so many of us, we came to wellness from a place of despair, myself included. And you have an incredible wellness journey. So so let's start there. Absolutely. I was born and raised in a suburb of Illinois, so I had all the same bad habits that have led most of adults and children down the road to chronic disease. And uh, that didn't really come to a head. It started to build up with like gaining weight and some acne, but you know, though we think that those are all normal until me and my husband were both residents in family medicine. I was a new mom, a new wife, a new resident all at the same time. I was far away from family, and that's when I thought that this is again, I just continued to get sicker and sicker because my joints started to hurt, my body hurt, I was constantly fatigued, acne, eczema, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, Um, again, continued on that hamster wheel because I'm just trying to survive, and then I was diagnosed with lupus, and uh, that's when I was like, "There, this is something odd. Why am I, like, every corner I turn, there's another chronic health condition. And, uh, but it, again, I continued on that hamster wheel until one day that hamster wheel came to an abrupt stop because I walked into the infant daycare room where my child was. And that's when the mother's worst nightmare sort of played out in front of me. And I found my 10 month old, my gift from God, basically she was suffocating him to death and his arms and legs were tied down with the receiving blanket. His pacifier was in his mouth. His his blanket was wrapped around his body really tightly and his eyes were bloodshot. His face was swollen and his cheeks were glistening with like the tears. And I, I immediately picked him up. Like, I'm like, what are you doing to my child? And I ran out. And that was just like a gut inclination just to go check up on our child that was in the daycare that was attached to the hospital. So at that time, I'm like, this is the sort of my awakening where I'm like, I promise I know that the universe saved my child right now. And I promise I'm going to take care of these kids the best that I know how. But again, how am I supposed to take care of these kids the best that I know how if I myself am falling apart as a family physician, I'm falling apart. And here, my brother's an interventional cardiologist. My sister's a pediatric ICU physician. I have cousins in psychiatry in Harvard. I have every doctor in my own family and here no one was able to really offer me guidance or hope on how I can just stop these conditions in its track. And that's when I'm like, this does not make any sense because obviously what I was told then, because I'm like, I just need to make sure that I just does, this doesn't progress because I know that lupus can kill me. And I was just told that Sorry, just let this disease take its course. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I can't just sit back and let this disease take its course. I want to be there for my family. I want to have energy to do all the things that I, my mind wants to do. And that's when I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I start, Right after residency, actually, I was blessed 
that I joined a medical practice or holistic medical practice with OBGYNs and internists and exercise physiologists, nutritionists, counseling, chiropractor, massage therapy, homeopathy, all brought together for the complete healing of the whole person. And I got this immediately after residency because already I was looking for solutions. And I found this one doctor who was an OBGYN and he then fathered me, grandfathered me into his clinic and taught me everything that he knew from all the biggest, from the professionals, from medical to alternative, to integrative, to holistic, to functional, all of it at once. And that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, they didn't teach us this in residency. And one of my first patients is a 31 year old with nine autoimmune diseases, myasthenia gravis, psoriasis, lycus planus, Sjogren's, Hashimoto's, all improved in like one month. And I'm like, wait, this is crazy. Why don't we know about this? And then when I was able to implement it on myself and then with thousands of patients, my energy and my enthusiasm just continues to grow. So it's powerful medicine. So that's such an incredible story. And I'm curious, what were some of the things that you found to really work wonders on you in this healing process? And then how did you bring those practices or modalities to your practice? What did that look like? When I had to take that deep dive into how I was going to improve my own health condition, because remember, we, we have to go back to the basic sciences. And the human body contains 37.2 trillion cells, about 300 million cells die every minute, you know, producing 25 million new cells every second. So there's, and then on top of that, the human cells only make up 43% of the total cell count. And then we have the genome with like 220,000 instructions called genes. And then we have the 20 to 20 million microbial genes. And when you recognize that our body is protected by all these miraculous defense systems working nonstop to keep our cells, our organs, and every bodily activity functioning smoothly and helping us keep us healthy. But what happens is that when we start to, when these part, when these defense systems don't work or don't work as well as they should, then what, start, what's ha- what starts to happen? We start to get sick as, as everybody on a worldwide level. Because right now, six out of every 10 adults has a chronic health condition. I mean, children are one out of every second. And they say that if we continue at the current trajectory, one out of every four children will have autism. 80% of kids will have a diagnosed chronic health condition. So it's not just me. I'm like, there's something here that's broken. Really going back to the figuring out why people are dealing with these chronic health conditions. And in my deep dive into trying to figure out why people are getting sick, what's going on with our biology, what is putting our bodies out of balance, and really dove into the world of inflammation. Because us as doctors know that, I mean, when we go to your doctor, you have, if they give you, if you have a headache, they give you an anti-inflammatory. If you have a skin condition, they give you an anti-inflammatory. If you had an autoimmune condition, they give you an anti-inflammatory. If you have cancer, they give you an anti-inflammatory. So there's so many, I mean, the doctors know that the underlining root cause is inflammation. So if we can lower the overall inflammation in the body, we can improve the way the body functions and then optimize overall health and well-being. So 
How do you think about inflammation in terms of acute inflammation and chronic inflammation? And how do you both show up? Because it, 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 and I've said this before on the podcast, inflammation is mm-hmm. somewhat of a nebulous term for many, mm-hmm. but it's the root of all evil. You don't want it yet. We're all somewhat inflamed. And there's also good inflammation and bad inflammation. So let's take a step Absolutely. back and talk about acute and chronic, how they show up and, and what's good and what's bad. Absolutely. So inflammation actually means a fire inside. It's a body's natural defense systems to the immune system trying to fight out bad guys, the good guys, the good guys trying to heal the wounds. And the inflammation causes like this redness and the swelling, the heat and the pain. And inflammation is part of the body's natural response to illness or trauma, right? So we know that We need inflammation, otherwise we're just all going to be sitting ducks in this world. But there's two different types of inflammation. The first is acute inflammation that helps the body heal from things such as injuries and infections. But that then, when it goes on too long, can lead to problems. And so, because the immune system is triggered for, um, you know, especially because you need the right amount of inflammation, not too much can lead to problems and too less can lead to problems. So the immune system is triggered for a long time with all these exposures from, for example, from impure, from artificial foods. We have the toxins in the environment, the stresses, the allergens, the low-grade infections that can all cause too much inflammation that leads to something called chronic inflammation. And this chronic inflammation then can lead to all of these chronic health conditions of every stripe. And not even just that, I mean, it can now science is actually showing that chronic inflammation actually is, we know it's like the root of all evil. It's even in 20, 2020, they, they, they came, came up with a really comprehensive article where, um, where they say chronic inflammatory diseases are actually the leading cause of death worldwide. And so, so now even modern research we know is right there with us, but chronic inflammation is actually leading I mean, it's not just affecting our overall body, but it's affecting our brain. It's affecting our behavior. It's affecting our mitochondria. It's affecting our genes. So it really goes down to it affecting all of these different levels. And that's why if we can really help empower the patient and the families to find ways that we can lower this overall chronic inflammation and get our bodies to work optimally, it can really help the overall trajectory of chronic diseases in our society. So we've talked a lot on this show about how diet can drive inflammation, lifestyle, and environment. You mentioned environment. So I'm curious, in your opinion, what are some of the worst offenders when it comes to environmental toxins that are driving inflammation right now? Absolutely. Because, yeah, so food is one of the biggest pieces, but now especially in the world that we're living in now, we are exposed to more and more toxins, chemicals, pesticides, pharmaceutical drugs, and radiation, EMF, with more than 100,000 new chemicals in the, just in the past few years that's slowly penetrating into our everyday lives. So we're, and that's, and they're invisible and that's what our bodies can't really handle all of these toxins that we're exposed to on a daily basis. And, and specifically, I mean, there are lots of different ones that can cause problems specifically, but the thing is 
the ones in our house, because there's lots of toxins, right? But the ones that we're exposed to, um, it, it's the ones that are in our house that I feel are the worst because we're in our house more than 50% of the time. And now we have- Now we're at 90% of our time. Now we're at 90% of our time in our homes. And so in our homes alone, if you just look, I mean, it's crazy because the fact that you wake up, you, we think that our houses are clean, but they're actually toxic. If you live in a typical house, our mattress has flame retardants, and then your bedding has chemicals left from the detergents and the softeners. And then the floors can have things that are carcinogenic, like 4PC or PERC. And then there's also like even the furniture is off-gassing chemicals like benzene. And then the, we'll talk about the food and then the water. So, I mean, just the chemicals that are in our home, specifically those that are these endocrine disruptors that are really everywhere. And actually, they even did a study where, I mean, even we think that heavy metals are no longer here. They did a study where they saw that every third person actually has lead toxicity. So you just <laughs> named a lot of things in our home. Which, a lot so, of endocrine disruptors. But, so can you be more specific, you know, when you talk about mattresses, bedding, detergent, like what are some of the things, because I think you're scaring the crap out of everyone right now. <laughs> we have to live, we have to do the laundry, we have to sleep, sleep is critical. What are the specific things we should look for in these products that Absolutely. are deadly disruptors, if you will? Well, let's start out with the, you know, we talked about the endocrine disruptors, and then we have the phthalates. Now, the phthalates are found in, you know, self-care products, toys, plastic wrap, vinyl flooring, fake fragrances, and plastics. Those, what phthalates do is they've been implicated in cancers, endocrine disruption, weight gain, asthma in children, birth defects, infertility, ADHD, diabetes, obesity. So really trying to figure out, I mean, if just by looking at lowering the amount of plastic in the house, removing like the vinyl flooring, all these fake fragrances that we have. Just starting with that can get rid of a lot of the phthalates and even just like the parabens again are found in some food packaging, fast food, personal care products. And then that can also be implicated in cancer. So just starting, I think that, I mean, for parabens and phthalates are, for me, I, that's where I like to start. And that too, and then if we just get rid of like the plastics that we're dealing with on a daily basis, now you can get rid of the phthalates and then the BPA and the parabens that are all there. But I can go on and on about all the other different things sure. that we can do. Just starting there, I think, is a great place to start. That is a good place to start. I think phthalates, parabens. So when I think of the home and, and toxins, something that always scares the hell out of me, because I've known some people who've really suffered here, is mold and toxic mold because it's terrible. And I still don't know what to look for and how to test, but I know I don't want it. Absolutely. Well, because we're spending 90% of our times indoors, we, we this is something that we really now need to be really informed about. And so mold can be found under the floorboards, any of the, crack of the cracks in the walls and the window frames, in the carpet. Mold is a common and damp in humid places like the bathroom and the basements, especially like in older homes and uh, homes with basements and then known leaks, crawl spaces, flat roofs, um, and those built on the hillside. Some molds are actually easier to detect, which are more like black molds, but then others are a little bit more difficult to find. So that's what's really important to figure, find 
a professional that can help you really look for those molds. And what are some signs? Is it just, a, is it overall like you're looking for a dampness or like a blackness or something? Yeah, blackness is where I would start. Okay. But just like more, if you just feel an area is damp, damp. I mean, that's a great place to start. But the thing is, remember, we can, a lot of these mold related symptoms are like fatigue and weakness, headaches and light sensitivity. We have difficulty concentrating, morning stiffness, joint pain, unusual skin sensations, tingling, um, numbness, appetite swings, mood temperature regulation, red eyes, blurry vision. I mean, so. All of these symptoms are really important. I think that even if you just notice that you immediately have an autoimmune reaction or there's you start to, out of nowhere, just start to develop some of these symptoms, that's when I would really start to look into different types of mold and trying to find, again, getting um, somebody who specializes in testing for mold that doesn't sell products is really where I like to start. And then obviously going to your functional medicine doctor, because there's lots of testing that we can do for that. I mean, the Great Plains Labs has a mycotox testing that's really good. The CIRS Labs, Biotoxin Lab, um, Mold Illness Panel. I mean, Vibrant Labs also has one. So there's a lot of testing that we can do for mycoplasma. I love the Great Plains Lab. I feel like that's really cost-effective and uh, for patients, and it really helps to figure out exactly what kind of mold that you're dealing with. Okay, excellent. So something else you talk about in, in your book are methylation defects. And I'm personally interested in that one because... Our, our, our listeners know this, but I am MTHFR, mm-hmm. uh, double C677T gene. And so I went, one of the many parts of my wellness journey a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I, I did, I tested homocysteine with my doctor, Dr. Frank Lipman, and it was mm-hmm. 63. Wow. Wow. Everyone gets the same reaction. <laughs> and for everyone listening, it should be under 15, ideally under yes. 10. And so all of my other labs, I'm pretty much in great shape. And... It was through supplementation, working with Frank, I got it from 63 to 12, like that. It was amazing. And wow. and now we're tweaking some things. I have to actually get it retested again. But mm-hmm. methylation defects, and, and so essentially, like, I'm not methylating properly. And I'm also convinced that there are, if, what is it, 40% of the population is the MTHFR gene. Absolutely. There are millions and millions of people walking around maybe not as severe as me i'm a little bit of a genetic freak i'm also six foot seven that that have methylation issues and and aren't aware so can we talk a little bit about methylation defects absolutely so every single cell and tissue in your body experiences methylation so methylation protects your body by repairing damaged cells optimizing dna cell function And it also processes toxins, hormones, metabolizes B vitamins, and regulates neurotransmitters. So the neurotransmitters, including dopamine and serotonin and norepinephrine, that all control mood and behavior and sleep and overall mental health. So each one of us has a unique genetic makeup that codes, that which, which is like the code for you, including those differences that we may have in like variations or mutations. And then the most common we know is the MTHFR gene mutation. And now functional medicine is really diving into this that about like what, like, because one of the most important tasks we do 
it is methylation is performed to turn the homocysteine into methionine. And methionine then really builds the proteins, helps to detoxify, it supports your inflammatory response, and even helps your liver process fats. So the MTHFR gene is one of those 20,000 genes in the human body that is it is the master instruction sheet for the production of the MTHFR enzyme. But however, this the genetic mutation or the variations can occur in the MTHFR gene, and those are referred to as SNPs, right? S-N-P-S, and which is like the short for short, a single nucleotide polymorphisms. So each SNP represents one difference in the actual uh, building blocks of the DNA. And some actually, I mean, we all have different variants. So some SNPs actually have no effect on your health, while others can then really, really have detrimental effects. And so when we go to your doctor, we can actually look for each one of these different SNPs. And then depending on like your genetic testing to figure out where, what kind of different SNPs that you may have, and MTHFR is just one of them. Then we have is GSTMI, COMT SNP gene, and then all of those, there's so many different ones. But depending on the specific type of gene mutation that you have, then we might need to add more like pre-methylated B vitamins, B6, B12, folinic acid, or folinic acid, and then we have is glutathione to help with the t- optimize function and detoxification. And then you might need, especially if those SNPs are leading to more problems with, because you're, you're obviously your body is not methylating, your body's not detoxifying properly, so you might need more support for all any of those. I'm and- curious, how much do you see in your practice? You know, one, I'm curious, does methylation come up a lot in your practice? And also, what are you seeing a lot of right now? Yeah. So meth, actually methylation, I have to be completely honest, it's one of those. So if we can get, I've been now practicing this type of medicine for 12 years, and I don't do genetic variations on everybody because a lot of people can't really afford it. Or So I really just start off with the basics first, with the diet, the nutrition, the exercise, talk to them about inflammation and how all of these different pieces in their lifestyle can help to put their bodies back into balance because once we can optimize your body's immune system, your body's detoxification systems, all of that can really help because your genetic code isn't your life, you know, your lifestyle and your diet play a huge role in how your genes affect your health. So for me, I really start off with the basics. And then I take it one step at a time for those people that I'm like, if I, if obviously, if I notice a homocysteine of 66, I would definitely go down that 63, route. 63, 63. I was, 63. Don't, let's not make it higher. <laughs> 63. I would definitely go down that route. But again, I haven't seen that in a lot of my patients. I check, for me, I start off with their basic blood works, things that they're either la- their body, their doctors can easily do, like a CBC, a CMP, fasting insulin, checking for insulin resistance and different deficiencies, B12, magnesium, vitamin D, and then inflammatory markers like HSCRP and homocysteine levels. So some of these basic tests and, and autoimmune antibodies and thyroid antibodies. So I start always start off with these basic tests and then I take it one step at a time. And then so I don't go into methylation defects in a lot of my patients. I found that 90% improve their chronic, because for me, they all they want is improvement in their chronic symptoms. 
So if I can start with the basics and then you have the zebras and I go looking for mold and then I start going looking for other environmental toxins, then I start going looking for chronic infections and all of these other things that can play a role in the person's overall health and well-being. But I always start off with the basics and I feel that 90% improve with just that. And that's what I wanted to really reiterate in my book. Start off with the basics, the foundations of good health, your digestive health, detoxification, the four S, the stress, sleep, social, and spiritual health to help lower the over-inflammatory responses, to optimize your mitochondria, optimize detoxification, and that really helps the overall health and healing of the person and their families. Yeah. So given it, look, it's been a very tough year and a strange year. <laughs> and, year. And, and given that, I'm curious, what have you been seeing more of? Like, are there patterns? Are you seeing more insulin resistance? Are you seeing more autoimmune? Or like, is just, I'm just curious, any specifics of things you're seeing more of that are a little bit uncharacteristic in this past year, pre, I'd say post-March 2020, this past, it's been a year versus pre-March 2020. Has anything changed in terms of patterns of what you've been seeing in people? Absolutely. One thing that I have, there's two, I think, main pieces is one, hormonal imbalances, insulin resistance. I am seeing a lot of it. We're sitting home. There's lack of exercise. Most kids now are becoming pre-diabetes, and I think that's where I'm seeing more of the problem is that the kids now are suffering from these chronic health conditions. And when I test these children, specifically during these times, the before this pre-pandemic, pandemic, yeah. pandemic, I've noticed that a lot of their hemoglobin A1Cs are a lot higher, their insulin levels. In, I mean, just the other day, I had a child, actually he's 14 years old, his insulin level 60 or 70, it was 70, 72. Another, I had another one that was 60. I mean, I'm like, what is going on? So that has really taken off. And then when I've talked to the patients, I've, they, they're like, oh, we're sitting at home, we're sitting in front of the television, we're not sleeping because of all the blue light that is disturbing our, you know, I mean, it's it, all of that. Plus on top of that, I think the other thing that I'm also noticing a big difference is kids and families' mental health. So insulin resistance is I'm seeing a lot of right now, especially that we're not outside in nature, we're stuck indoors, we're eating comfort foods. And then now you add that to the stress that we've been listening to the pandemic that raises cortisol levels that increase leads to insulin resistance, the vitamin D deficiency. So it's like a whole triad that all leads to insulin resistance. And now the mental health issues that kids are now dealing with. And then because of lack of sleep and everything else that's going on in their environments. And I mean, there was just actually or just the most recent study that I just found really fascinating was how even mental health, what they did, the researchers, they actually did it in JAMA. They published it in JAMA just this, just in February, 2021, where these mental health, these mentally ill kids are actually becoming less healthy adults. They did a study of 2.3 million people. And what they did was they found that these uh, that there's a strong connect connection between their early life mental health and their later medical conditions. So again, that's why for me, I've been really focusing on targeting this mental health, this insulin resistance, because if we have healthier families, we have healthier generations. And that's what I've noticed in my in my practice also. That it's when need, especially because I mean, this can all have long term effects. We think that this is just short term, and, and after the pandemic, it's all going to be gone. This can have really dramatic long term effects. Sure, I agree. It's very concerning. And, and so, 
With regards to children, for any parents listening, what are the beyond the avoid sugar, avoid processed foods as much as you can? Because I think with kids, life happens. What advice do you have for parents in terms of their diet? What are the must haves in terms of diet and lifestyle that every parent, no matter how difficult it may be, that they should really try to instill in their children? Absolutely. For me, obviously I live this lifestyle. <laughs> so I only tell you guys what I have, what I am actually living myself. I feed a family of eight on a daily basis. <laughs> and now with four children at home, and now I do my public speaking from home now. I mean, everything now is home. And then I see my virtual clients and I'm, I've written four books during this pandemic. So I know I get it. It's can get crazy. But the things that I have, my family and my patients and anybody that I talk to really focus on, instead of the focus things that you can't eat, focus on the things that you can. And that, no matter what you're, if you're pagan, if you're vegan, if you're vegetarian, any of these, all of these diets and these lifestyles have one thing in common. We want to try to lower the inflammation, optimize your body's gut, gut health, balance hormone and insulin levels, and as the most nutrient dense foods for you. And those foods are tons of vegetables, eating the rainbow, right? Vegetables, clean protein, and healthy fats is really where I like to start off with people. Like that's in my house, they're like, oh, mama, we're gonna eat the rainbow, tons of vegetables, clean protein, healthy fats. And then after that, so we like to, I like to crowd out all the stuff that they can't have because by the time they eat all their vegetables, their clean protein and healthy fats, they are actually pretty satiated and it causes less stress on you and the child and, and, and the parent and the child. I stock my house up with success. So therefore, even when I'm working, the kids have something that they can they snack on and I'm not worried about what they're eating, what they're not eating. But I actually like every morning my routine is to set up an entire table of different kinds of fruits and vegetables and actually like rainbow carrots and peppers and beans and broccoli and cauliflower so just all in a different type and different and they snack on that through the day and I think that like these fruits and vegetables that we know are packed with you know vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and then there's seeds and nuts and then we have is just different types of healthy fats right they can also lower inflammation so I mean I think just starting off with the basics vegetables clean protein healthy fats is really where I start off and then really going from there. So what are your favorite specific foods that you have in your pantry? In my pantry? Yeah, like your go-to five, like you mentioned vegetables, healthy fats, nuts, seeds, protein, like what are your go-tos? So if someone, there's a parent out there who's like, you know what, just tell me what to buy and I'll try to stuff it, stuff it in my kid's mouth when I can. Yes, and that's okay. So my kids love canned sardines and canned salmon. And that is along with, we have the fruits and vegetables that are sitting there, but for like a meal, if I don't have time, like, let's just be realistic. We don't have time. Sure. Sometimes us parents just don't have time. I have canned sardines, canned mackerel and canned salmon, and they can choose whatever they would prefer. <laughs> so I'll take that out. I'll put some, I'll just uncan it. I won't even, I mean, I just basically put it on like a salad for them. And then I'll give that to them or even just mix some olive oil. I know one of them, mine like little raisins in it. I know it's crazy and he'll eat that for breakfast. That's great. He loves like he loves canned salmon, canned sardines mixed up with olive oils, Himalayan sea salt and even raisins. And I'll put even throw in some uh, celery 
And it's like the easiest, quickest, fastest breakfast that I can get into their bodies. And for me, and then I'll just serve it with a plate of vegetables and fruit. And then there are like, I mean, those are, that's my biggest thing that I love. But again, as parents to have those snack type items also available so my kids don't feel like they're left out. I always have almond flour crackers or we have cassava flour things that we can have. Like we, like again, there's cassava flour taco shells that you can keep in the pantry along with bars and beef jerky sticks. I mean, there's so many things for pantry wise that you can do. But again, those are just treats so my kids don't feel left out, but really just focusing on the vegetables, the clean protein and healthy fats is really where I love to start off with. And then I have the pantry stocked with like Golgi berries and different types of you know, nuts and seeds that they can then snack on. And then olives, my kids love olives. Oh, so wow. they'll just take a can of olives and start popping that. So I'm telling <laughs> it's really fun. When they're empowered of their own bodies and then they, when you provide them with things that they need, they can then make those healthy decisions when, and, and there's no net, there's no food fighting in my house. I don't say don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, because I think a lot of the negativity that we have around food is that all of the when we keep on telling kids that they can't have this, they can't have that, they can't have this. But now in my house, they can have anything they want. Yay! And so that really empowers the child. So that's what I like to do. Have those snacks. And then have the vegetables, the clean protein, and healthy fats. Yeah, we also have a lot of the Simple Mills almond flour crackers. That's a good. It's a good snack for them when we're on the go. Absolutely. And then, I mean, my kids actually are in love with right now. The, there's a cashew and coconut chips also that are really great. And even the Hue started making these almond flour crackers that are super clean without yep. some vegetable oils. But it's, I love it. And the, and the cassava flour ones, these are things I have in my house, especially burritos. I have burrito wraps, cassava flour yeah. burrito wraps Siete. in my house. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. we have those in too. In my house for a quick meal, I'll throw in the the col, the, col, the cabbage, the coleslaw, I'll throw in some whatever meat I have in the protein, I'll throw in some salsa, wrap that up, broccoli sprouts. That's how I like to sneak on the broccoli sprouts, wrap that up, give it to the kids. I mean, it's so easy and fun. So on the, the overall subject of gut health, something else you talk about, which I think is really interesting, and I'd love if you could just do a primer for everyone, is gut-associated lymphatic tissue or GALT. It's pretty important. So can you give us a primer on GALT? Absolutely. So gut-associated lymphatic tissue is a component of the mucosa-associated lymphoid tissue. Right, and then which works in the immune system to protect the body from invasion in the gut. And there's lots of different. I mean, the, the gut-associated lymphatic tissue actually makes up 70% of the immune system by weight, and is a, has a significant effect in the strength of the immune system as a whole. So there's lots of different pieces. I mean, of, of the gut-associated lymphatic tissue. We have the Peyer's patches, and then there's tonsillar rings, and then the lymphoid tissue that accumulates with AIDS in the, in the stomach. I mean, there's lots of different pieces, but the gut-associated lymphat, the, they're all really important for optimizing your immune. You know, they're like the first line of defense, and that's where they're, because we all know that the gut-associated lymphatic tissue, that is all really our first line of defense between every, anything that comes in and out into our body, right? 
And so keeping your microbiome healthy, optimizing the foods that you're putting in, stress levels, all of these can actually optimize your overall immune system because of the house of the immune system, the gut associated lymphatic tissue. So everything that we talked about to improve inflammation can actually optimize the ability of the immune system, um, specifically the house of the immune system, the gut associated lymphatic tissue. I'm curious, beyond everything we've discussed, is there anything specific that we can do to strengthen that tissue? We talked about, so there, actually, it's really cool. I know that exercise is one of them, nature, getting out in nature, exercising. There was actually just a recent study that um, showed that progressive exercise, like progressive increases in physical activity can actually generate changes in the intestinal microbiota that op- optimizes the gut-associated lymphatic tissue. <laughs> right? Like, increases the acromancia. That was just 2021. So it's just really new research. So we're learning more and more about the things that can increase and optimize your microbiota and that can then influence the gut-associated lymphatic tissue. And you mentioned nature. There was also a recent study. Essentially, your gut microbiome takes a lead from your, your the, the microbiome of your surroundings in a positive Absolutely. or a negative way. And so spend more time in nature, probably better for your microbiome. Oh, absolutely. Because remember, we are, I mean, we are part of the earth, right? We've been involved to benefit from like the earth and the nature, but because we've been moving away from that, that now is leading to all of these microbial, lack of microbial diversity that then is leading to increase of conditions like asthma and autoimmune disorders and food allergies and all of that. So, I mean, nature is really important to optimize your overall immune function. And so something I loved in your book, it was like the the whole second half of the book, you have all of these home remedies for all sorts of ailments, like any possible ailment you could dream of or think of. And you had supplements, aromatherapy, herbs, you name it. And you go into great detail, (laughs) great detail. And so, you know, in the same way that some people have staples in in their house. What are the three to five multi-purpose staples when it comes to natural remedies for ailments that we should just all have in our home? Absolutely. Besides for the basic, I think that we have this for, let's start with the supplements, right? The supplements, I think that everybody needs to have that will help with these symptoms are your omega-3, right? Vitamin D, Magnesium. Actually, they did a study where in 2020, they they showed that magnesium is one of the most anti-inflammatory nutrients. Um, It can help with sleep. So just optimize. It can help with pain. It can help with so many different, obviously, it's part of like a 300, more than 300. It's involved in more than 300 enzymatic functions in the body. And then the other thing that I love for supplements is even turmeric. So I feel like everybody should have curcumin in the house to actually lower inflammation. It actually helps with improving your metabolic syndrome, arthritis, inflammatory digestive conditions, PMS type symptoms. So turmeric is one of them. The other thing, so those are the main supplements and then obviously probiotics and all those. But the other one that I feel that are essential oils. And I love essential oils. 
And so, like, for example, we have in my house, my favorite one, obviously, I, I love peppermint. I love peppermint. It supports digestion, boosts your energy. I have eucalyptus that improves, you know, I always have some eucalyptus specifically during times of like respiratory, improves respiratory issues like bronchitis and sinusitis and allergies. Clove oil is another one of those antibacterial, antiparasitic. Oregano oil I always have on hand for it's a powerful antimicrobial just in case and so those are the ones like even rosemary is great for the hair so i mean there are so many great essential oils and i'm and then i'm a little bit more biased also because i'm also a homeopath my my actually that's how i came into this is my grandfather did it was a homeopath and so were all my aunts and uncles but then all of us kids went into the medical field and i'm like wait i just make him happy i want to go into homeopathy so i love homeopathy also so for me, I always have like, can't, and I mean, Boiron, I mean, there's lots of different companies out there that has like conjunction ones, like, like Oxylococcinium is one for flu. Arnica is another one <laughs> that everybody should have really great for like muscle soreness and bruising and pain anywhere. I can, I use that actually pre and post sometimes like workouts. If I know that I'm going to get really sore, I'll use it pre-workout and then even take it after work or after the workout. So these are the ones that I really have at my disposal at all times. And there's some for allergies and there's all these different protections and I have them all. But that's what's so powerful is that functional medicine, holistic medicine, integrative medicine, these are all tools that we can use to increase our optimal health and well-being. And it's so powerful that we have so many tools. It's just not just these, the medication or the conventional. You can use all of these in conjunction to really help a person heal and prevent chronic illnesses. So that's why I wanted to do in the book was to show people like, look at all of these things that you can have <laughs> and do. There's so much hope because I was at a point where I didn't have hope. And I was just told that this was the only thing that you can do and that's when I dedicated, I spent like about four years writing this book to dedicate, I'll put all of the bigger, the, the things that you can then go to your doctor with for any of these conditions, you can try these. I, I love it. I love it. So I have a personal one for you. So it's a little gross, but for, and this is just like, as long as I can remember, I'll get warts in my feet periodically. I'll either like cut them off or I'll go to the dermatologist and get it frozen off that burned off. And it's like a process, but like they, they, they come and go. So I'm curious, what's your holistic prescription? For what? Yeah. On the feet, the bottom of the feet. It's like, if you're going to have them, it's the one place no one sees. It's just like, <laughs> well, we know that, I mean, Right now, we know that warts, the way that we normally deal with them is like through cryotherapy. Yeah. And, Which I've know, done. It's painful. Like acid you know. and then there's immune therapy. But my big, like what I love to do with those people with warts, apple cider vinegar. Okay. ACV. Yes. Adding like a little bit of covering. So you have your apple cider vinegar and then you cover it in, with a Band-Aid, right? Yep. And then you cover it. And then there's also like zinc can help with the warts, zinc supplementation on it and in it. And then there's also different homeopathic remedies that can help. Olive leaf is another one, garlic, echinacea, selenium. So I mean, there's so many different things that you can really help. Okay. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. How much zinc? I'm curious. I take zinc anyway. So I mean like 50. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm like more or less there. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try. Yes. Uh, I love it. And there's <laughs> otherwise there's, Lots of different uh, homeopathics that you can also use for warts. 
So let me know. Just give me a text and I'll send them all to you. Okay. We've seen that work really well in my with my clients and patients. So, and if it doesn't work, I'm just cutting it off. So <laughs> a little bit more painful. So in closing, look, it's an interesting time. It's March 21. There's a lot happening in, in the world. And I'm curious in terms of science, in terms of studies, what's interesting to you? What are you paying attention to right now? Oh my gosh, this is, there's so much going on right now in the world with this, but I have to be completely honest. I mean, for me, I love, for me, I geared my attention right now to the microbiome and kids' health. And I feel like that's where we haven't done a lot of attention to. There's been a lot of functional medicine information on, you know, adults, but now converting that to children is really where I'm um, enjoying. I actually just finished writing. I just submitted it to the publisher March 1st. The Holistic Rx for Kids, uh, Parenting Healthy Brains and Bodies to Save Our Future uh, in a Changing World. And, and how just because by looking at this just recent study where you have all these kids with mental health issues and now it's leading into childhood. And so that's really where I've dove a lot of my research into. I mean, just one of the ones I just read, I love it. It's just so exciting how the things that we can do even when we're just pregnant with the child, even like exercise, just moderate exercise can actually increase the amount of different types of the actual components of the breast milk and makes your incre increases the benefits of breast milk for babies like crazy just and then the microbiome and then improves the microbiome i mean actually there's another all this great literature that i just read yesterday again was about the virome right about the we know that in our gut bacteria we have tons of we have bacteria viruses fungi but recently, they just did a st the study. They actually collected 28,000 gut microbiome samples from all different parts of the world, and the number. And they checked the number and the diversity of these viruses. And the, I mean, this is just crazy. They identified over 140,000 species of viruses in the human gut. I have to go more into that about how. But this is more than half than we've ever seen in any other study. So the, I mean, the gut microbiome and then how, what the kind of things that we can do to optimize our overall children's health and well-being is really where I've delved in a lot of the research. So closing on that, what is the biggest, what will have the greatest impact on our children's health and well-being? What's the one thing every parent should do right now? Gratitude. We are living in a world of negativity and science now has proven that the, our subconscious governs about 90% of our thoughts and actions just by being grateful and positive can actually turn on genes, can improve, optimize your immune system, can get kids to eat better, can get your prefrontal cortex and your amygdala working appropriately so your child is making the right decisions just by being grateful. And in my house, what I do is we, for us, immediately when we wake up in the morning, we say 10 things that we're thankful for. Actually, we have a song in our house. It's like, thank you for our eyes. Thank you for our ears. Thank you for another beautiful day to change the world. So I give them purpose. <laughs> but the thing is, it's really gratitude. 
And I have noticed that you can put people on every gut healing diet. You can put people on any of these. You can exercise, you can stress manage, but if we're pessimistic, if we're working and looking at the world in a totally different light, that gratitude, so that your perspective can either be your pain or your prison, or that gratitude can be your power. That perspective can be your power. And so for me, that's really where I have all my patients Anybody start off there that would want to start off with one thing with gratitude. Incredible. So, Incredible. <laughs> Amen. We will close yes. there. We will close there. Medea, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Now, as you know, from listening to this very podcast, nutrition plays a huge role in our overall well-being. And now's your chance to learn from the best in the world and take our landmark functional nutrition coaching program, which gives you access to 19 of the world's top doctors and health coaching experts. Over nearly 30 hours of instruction, these experts will give you a solid foundation in functional nutrition and teach you how to brand, market, and expand your wellness business. Now's the time to take your passion and knowledge to the next level and become the master of your own wellness journey. Enroll in our Functional Nutrition Coaching Program today by visiting mindbodygreen.com slash coaching and enter code SEED300 to get $300 off.